fall is here. Like, seriously, fall is here. That means postseason playoffs are here too for IHSA Sports. Last week, I believe it was like a Tuesday, 98 degrees. Two days later, 63 degrees. 35 degree difference in two days. Yee! Official first day of fall was September 22nd. It's September 29th today, so we've had a full week of it. But man, 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 it dropped and dropped quick. So if you're complaining about it being too hot, now you're probably complaining about it being too cold. That's just what we do in Illinois. And man, it switched rapidly. But like I said, the postseason with cold weather means postseason is here. Boys golf regionals started yesterday. Girls golf regionals started today. Again, September 29th. Boys soccer. Boys soccer begins October 7th. Girls tennis takes to the net October 13th through the 15th for the sectional. Volleyball regionals start October 24th through the 26th. Football week one of the postseason is October 28th. It is currently week six. Oh, tomorrow will be week six as today is a Thursday. Cross country, October 29th. And then the fall sports postseason ends with girls swimming, which is November 5th. That's when it kicks off. Regional sectionals, those are the beginning dates. We will have results and chats here at Edge of Your Seat Podcast about it all. We want to talk to them. We want to discuss it, go over accomplishments. That's what we do here at Edge of Your Seat Podcast. I'm the host, Brandon Lachance. You can listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and the website, rss.com backslash podcasts. That is with an S. It is plural. Backslash edge of your seat podcast. Please review, like, favorite, all that stuff on the socials, Facebook, Twitter, also on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Please write a review, send a like. I know I'm repeating myself, but it is very, very important. Help us get the word out about this podcast and our area because we are representing Illinois Valley and the surrounding, you know, central, north, east, west. We try to keep it all Illinois love here and want to show what we're doing in this state as much and as loud and as visible and audibly as possible. Also, huge shout out to Brian Cavelli, the mastermind behind the intro and outro beat for the podcast. We are at episode 236, 236, Woof! had that many great episodes, and this one is no different as we have Christian Soderholm, LaSalle, Peru grad who played basketball in Malta. No, not the little town outside of DeKalb, but Malta, the island, little north of Africa, little south of Italy, right there in the middle. That's where he played basketball last season. We aired a podcast in November before he even got there, talking about his anticipation. He's going to go play foreign professional ball. It was a big step for him. Episode 235 was part one of this two-part series, and he was there. He was in Malta. He was playing. So this episode, 236, is part two, which is after the season is over, and he's already back home in his Peru residence. Always great catching up with Christian Soderholm, and as his career continues, escalates, You know we're going to be there. We're going to have him on to continue to talk about his great experiences on the basketball court. Before we put this one together, send a little text to Christian. See what he was doing next if he was looking for contracts this upcoming basketball season. But as he speaks on this very episode that you're going to hear in this conversation, he was talking about an injury, a surgery. So he had surgery on his feet at the end of August. He is still in recovery. He's got about three weeks left of his recovery time. And then he's going to continue the process to see if he can play overseas, get a contract somewhere, see where the next step of his basketball career takes him. Hoping his recovery goes well. The injury wasn't too bad. I mean, every time you got to go under the knife, that means it's not good, right? But hopefully he gets back to his planned ways because he crushed it in Malta, and hopefully he can get back on the court and crush it in his next location. Edge of Your Seat podcast is brought to you by Mendota Ford, a community dealership that is here 
for you. You know, got to give plugs to our sponsors that support Edge of Your Seat podcast. Mad love to them, including Mendota Ford. Before we get to Soderholm and his chat about a season abroad, we have tons, tons, let me repeat that, tons of high school sports to break down, all kinds of stuff, football week four and five as we are headed into week six, and catch back up on where we left off from the last episode with scores from volleyball, boys soccer, swimming, tennis, volleyball, all of the great fall sports that we have right now. And then when we're done with that, we're going to do the grab bag, got some national topics want to discuss. We're going to start here with football, week four. We'll do week four scores, then we'll get week five and break down where teams are in conference standings, playoff pushes, things like that. So week four, Amboy, Lamoille, Ohio, an eight-man football lost to Milford, Cisna Park, 40-30. to Going into this, Amboy was number one in the state, and Milford was number two. With the win for Milford, Cisna Park, MCP, they took the number one spot in the standings. Instead of just dropping to number two, Amboy dropped to number three, with Milledgeville taking number two, but Amboy had beat Milledgeville the week before. I don't understand why Milledgeville was number two and Amboy number three, but that's how the state did it. And Milledgeville beat Polo in week four, 54-38. So maybe it was just the amount of points in a win, because Milledgeville beat Polo by... 16, and if I remember right, Amboy beat Milledgeville by like four or five, something like that. And Polo was state ranked coming into the season. They lost to Amboy in week one or week two. So interesting stuff going on in eight-man football. Marquette defeated Anawan Weathersfield 24-7. Byron knocked off Genoa Kingston 35-15. Dixon fell to Stillman Valley 36-6. Oregon beat Winnebago 27-8. Fieldcrest lost to Eureka 54-0. Reed Custer punished Mantino 68-6. Cole City did the same to Hersher 63-14. Streeter lost a one touchdown and extra point game to Lyle as they fell 35-28. Sycamore defeated Ottawa 54-20. Morris shut out Woodstock North. 41-0. LaSalle, Peru had a huge win over Plano, 47-14. Rochelle defeated Harvard. St. Bede stayed undefeated at 4-0 with a win over Sterling Newman, 34-8. Princeton put in work in Mendota, 70-21. Kiwani beat Burrow Valley, 40-7. Hall edged Morrison, 38-32. Seneca beat Ridge Farm, 62-0. Dwight Gardner South Wilmington lost to Fithian 32-27. Sterling shut out Alleman 69-0. And Geneseo defeated Galesburg 21-7. That was the week four action. Let's hear another word from Mendota Ford before we get to week five. This show is brought to you by Mendota Ford. Mendota Ford is a community dealership that is dedicated to being community first. A small dealership in a smaller town. The staff of General Manager Ski Hartman and his associate Jason Hintz pride themselves in being here for you. They don't want to sell you one vehicle. They want to form a bond, a relationship to get you every vehicle you want and cars, trucks, and SUVs for your friends and family. Ski has lived in Princeton since he was five and has been with Mendota Ford for two years. He has plenty of experience helping you with all of your vehicle needs as he has been in the motorcycle business for 20 years and over 10 years in car sales and management. Jason Hintz has been with Mendota Ford for seven years, giving him the experience needed to help customers in every way possible. You can purchase any vehicle off any lot in the Mendota Ford family. Ski and Jason will make sure they track it down and hand you the keys with a little jingle jangle. To check out the many options on the lot, Mendota Ford is located just south of Mendota on Highway 251. To look ahead or find a vehicle on another lot, check out www.mendotaford.com. Call 815-539-9314 for all vehicle inquiries with Mendota Ford. Week 5 was crazy for 
everyone just the way we like our high school football. We'll just break it down by conference with the teams that we pay attention to week in, week out, day in, day out on Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Eight-man football, the North 2 Conference. Amboy and Polo are both in there. Amboy is at the top of the conference at 4-1. and one. Polo is 3-2. and two. They sit in fourth. Amboy in week five, a 44-0 win over Orangeville to get back in the win column after falling to MCP. Polo also got a win against Hiawatha, 44-32. One of the top games of week five, at least in our opinion at Edge of Your Seat Podcast, was in the independence. Teams that do not have a conference as both Marquette and Chicago Hope were 4-0 going into week five. Marquette ended up on the losing end as Chicago Hope defeated the Crusaders 40-25. Marquette still in the 1A state rankings at number 10 after the week five loss. In the Big Northern Conference, Byron is in second at 4-1, Dixon third at 3-2, and Oregon is in seventh, 1-4. Stillman Valley is at the top of the conference, undefeated 5-0. Big Northern has enough games for each team to play a conference game every single week, so there is not two records for the BNC. Just one, and it's conference, it's overall. Week 5, Byron beat North Boone 30-6, Dixon fell to Winnebago 29-25, and Oregon fell to Rockford Lutheran 27-6. DeKalb dropped Week 5's game against Naperville North 38-21. Now, the Barbs are 3-2 and 1-1 in the DePage Valley Conference. In Heart of Illinois Conference Large Division, Fieldcrest is 1-4, 0-2 as they lost to Leroy 33-14. In Illinois Central 8, Reed Custer and Wilmington are both undefeated on the season at 5-0, Wilmington is 4-0 in the conference, and Reed Custer 3-0 in the conference. Cole City is 3-2, 2-1 in the conference, and Streeter, Streeter is 2-3 overall with a 1-2 conference record, and Hersher is 1-4, 0-3. For any football novices out there, the first record is overall, the second is the conference record. I know that sounds weird for sports fans or football fans to have that explained, but hey, you never know. We're not all in the same world on the same page. That's what makes us humans, right? In week five, Reed Custer shut out Piatone 41-0. Cole City routed Lyle 31-0. Streeter fell to Montino 38-22. Hersher lost to Wilmington 56-20. Interstate 8 White Conference. Morris, Sycamore, both 5-0. Morris is 3-0 in the conference. Sycamore, 2-0. LaSalle Peru is 3-2, 1-1, and Ottawa is 3-2, 0-2. Week 5, Morris beat LaSalle Peru 49-7. Sycamore routed Rochelle 34-0. Ottawa lost to Caneland 41-14. Interstate 8 Blue, the other side of the Interstate 8 Conference. Richmond Burton is at the top, 5-0, 2-0 in the conference. Rochelle is 4-1, 2-0 in the conference, and Plano is 2-3, 0-1 in the conference. Rochelle had the loss to Sycamore, and Plano fell to Richmond Burton 49-6. The Titans back on the winning trail as they defeated Ebbingdon Avon 27-0 in Week 5 action. N1 Weathersfield is now 4-1 overall and 3-0 in the Lincoln Trail Conference. Knoxville is at the top with a 4-1 overall record, 4-0 in the conference. Three Rivers Conference, Mississippi Division. I see this week in, week out, as I am the play-by-play guy for the Princeton Tigers. WAJK 99.3, Princeton is at the top of the conference with St. Bede. Both the Tigers and the Bruins are 5-0 overall. Princeton 3-0 in the conference, St. Bede 2-0. Newman is third at 3-2, and 1-1. And one. Hall is fourth at 2-3, and 1-1. One and one. Kiwani is 2-3, and 1-2 and for fifth. Mendota is sixth at 2-3, and 1-2. And, and Burrow Valley is seventh at 1-4, 0-3. Oh Week five action. 
Princeton defeated Kiwani 56-7. St. Bede picked up a W by forfeit as Riverdale, their scheduled opponent, did not have a varsity football program this season. Newman shut out Burrow Valley 21-0. And Hall beat Mendota in a offensive game. I don't know if any defense was played in this whatsoever. Offense, though, very high scoring as Hall won 66-45. to That's more than 100 points in a football game. Vermilion Valley North Conference. Seneca 6-0, 2-0. They're already in the playoffs. And Dwight Gardner South Wilmington is 1-4, 0-1. How is Seneca already at 6? Because they have a forfeit win for week 6 against Waseca. That's how they get the 6th win. But their 5th win came week 5 against Iroquois West. 35 to 0. Dwight first win of the season came in week 5 as they defeated Moments 33-28. The Trojans getting into the winning column. Congrats to them. Western Big 6, Sterling and Moline tied atop the conference 4 and 1 overall, 3 and 1 in the Western Big 6. Geneseo is 3 and 2, 2 and 1. And one of those losses to Geneseo Came from one of those wins for Sterling in week five as Sterling shut out Geneseo 40-0. Before we get to more sports action, let's have a word with our sponsor, Surf Internet. Hey, Mendota! Surf's fiber internet is more reliable and 50 times faster than cable. Get one gig speed and two free Eero whole home Wi-Fi routers for only $85 a month, no contracts, and free installation at a price that's locked for life. That's right. The price you pay today won't jump up each year like cable does. We're expanding to more neighborhoods every single day. So visit surfinternet.com to check your address or call 844-955-SURF for details. That's 844 844- 955 surf limited time offer restrictions apply we're going back a little ways to catch up on our sports we're gonna start tuesday september 6th volleyball mendota beat hall 25 16 25 10 DeKalb got a w against indian creek newman beat st bead 25 15 25 22 anawan defeated henry sananchuan 25 17 26-24. Caneland beat LaSalle, Peru, 25-17, 25-11. Earlville got a W against Lena Winslow, 25-21, 25-6. Ottawa beat Sandwich. And Fieldcrest defeated Leroy, dropping the first set, 23-25, picking up set 2, 25-14, and set 3, 25-21. Sticking with September 6th, going to boys soccer, IMSA 3, Ottawa 2. Streeter beat Mantino 6-1. DeKalb and Kaneland battled to a 0-0 tie. DePew Hall knocked off Kiwani 2-0. Going to the Greens, boys golf. Princeton 175. Mendota 175. And Hall 194 in a triangular. Princeton won the tiebreaker to give them the victory. For the Tigers, Jaden Eggers, a 40, Carter Patterson, Jarrett Carr, and Caden Comer all shot 45s. For Mendota, the medalist, Owen Augenbaugh with a 38. Clay Buffington, a 44. Brody Hart was in that 45 club. And Dominic Stamberger, a 48. For Hall, the Red Devils, Landon Plim shot a 40. Grant Plim, his cousin, a 45. Jacob Diaz, a 54, and Cody Orlandi, a 55. Saturday, September 10th, volleyball action. Ottawa defeated Byron, 26-24, 25-10. Boys golf at the Boiler Invites. Baker Park in Kiwani. Hall was fourth of 16 teams with a 360. Landon Plim shot a 75. Finished second because he lost a sudden death playoff hole. Hey. Finishing second with golfers from 16 different teams. Not too shabby, my friend. Not too shabby. And he's only a sophomore. Uh Uh-oh. Tuesday, September 13th, 
more volleyball as Newman defeated Mendota 25-16-25-20. Just like on the court, on the field, you want to make sure your feet are sure. Like they're planted. They're secure. You're not going anywhere. Same thing for businesses. As a business owner, one of the issues you have to be aware of is injury and liability to your staff. An injury can lead to open shifts because an employee is unable to work, a possible lawsuit, and other grievances at the workplace. SureStep Illinois is a woman-owned small business based out of Tonica that is here to help eliminate those injuries and liabilities, which are the number one workman's compensation claim in America. SureStep Illinois is a non-slip treatment that will not change the look, texture, or appearance of the tile it's placed on, whether it's residential, business, indoor, or outdoor applications. The non-slipness has been independently tested in labs as SureStep has achieved the highest dynamic coefficient of friction in the industry. Competitors are slipping to catch up. There's absolutely no business downtime as the tile or floor SureStep is applied to can be worked on, stepped on, jumped on, danced on, two-step, right after the treatment is applied. SureStep by Illinois also offers strip waxing non-slip coatings for a little extra stick with some texture and look changes to the applied surface. Contact Mary Jane Orozco at 815-488-6565 to get SureStep Illinois today. We still got more sports to talk about. Wednesday, September 14th, back to the volleyball court. Sandwich defeated Mendota 25-19-25-12. Back to the golf course. Boys action. Barrow Valley and Mendota lost a triangular to Sherrard as the Tigers had a 151, the Storm a 160, and the Trojans a 170. For Barrow Valley, Wyatt Novotny a 38, Colin Stabler a 39, Parker Steer a 41, Landed Birdsley a 42. For the Trojans, Owen Augenball a 37, Braden McFeeters a 42, Brody Hart a 41, and Kale Strauss of 47. Dixon defeated Genoa Kingston 176 to 206. Hall beat Orion in a triangular but fell to Riverdale as Riverdale had a 173, Hall a 184, and Orion a 203. Grant Plym shot a 41 for the Red Devils. Ottawa picked up a victory over Cole City 150 to 172. For the Pirates, Jonathan Cooper a 35, Drake Kaufman a 37, Seth Cooper a 37, and Alex Billings a 40. And girls golf on this crazy Wednesday, September 14th, Ottawa's Hannah Dugan shot a hole in one. Congratulations. I am trying to be a golfer myself and every single hole, man, I want a hole in one. I want a hole in one. Hasn't happened yet. Don't know if this is her first one. Maybe we'll have her on and figure that out. But congratulations, because that is not an easy feat. Boys soccer, Samanak defeated Depew Hall 4-0. Sycamore 5, Ottawa 1. For Sycamore, the goals came from Will Donahoe. He had three of them. Nick Doring had one, and Pierce Reinhard had one as well. Assist, Donahoe had one of those too. So did Liam Tran, Ethan Royer, Caleb Emmert, and Eli Crone. And Dota lost to Burlington Central Catholic 2-0. BCC knocked the Trojans out of the playoffs last year in the Super Sectional after Mendota won its first ever sectional. So I know this was a match that the Trojans wanted to win. Unfortunately, fell 2-0. Sandwich lost to Canelan 10-0. LaSalle, Peru, and Rochelle ended regulation with a 1-1 tie. And penalty kicks, the Hubs defeated the Cavs. Oregon 2, Dixon 1. Moving on to Thursday, September 15th, back to the volleyball court. Winnebago beat Byron 25-14, 25-23. Morris defeated Sycamore in three sets. Newman beat Princeton 25-19, 25-20. Sterling suffered a loss to Galesburg 25-23, 25-23. Ottawa defeated Plano 25-14, 27-25. Indian Creek beat Newark in three sets. Hinkley Big Rock defeated Samanak. And Fieldcrest beat Flanagan Cornell 
25-21. Moving to girls tennis, Sycamore beat Sterling 6-1. Back to soccer action, DeKalb lost to Rockford Christian 3-2. Ottawa skunked Sandwich 7-0. And Sycamore beat Hananiga 1-0. Boys golf back to the greens. LaSalle Peru beat Mendota 180-182. For the Cavs, Carter Fenza of 43, Michael Malata of 45, Coleman Rundle of 46, and also with a 46 was Drake Hawthorne. Mendota was led by Owen Augenball's 44, Dominic Stanberg and Kale Strauss, and Drake Dennis had 46s. The golfers laying down some nice shots to build a great score on their card. Well, that's what Olsen Construction likes to do. To fix all those areas in your residence that you scoped out during the cold, the ice, the snow, the rain, the dark, gloomy skies that happen in December, January, February, not September and October, because that ain't that cold yet. You can still get things done. You can still make those repairs. Olsen Construction is a licensed and insured family-owned and operated company that prides itself in offering family prices with family honesty on any job in any weather. Brothers Keith Milas and Tommy Olson have the skills and over 10 years of experience each to install, demolish, build, recreate, calculate, and formulate renovations in any room, hallway, staircase, garage, shed, or basement. Just like those great scores make great scorecards, Keith and Tommy Olson Construction can make an amazing home. For a free estimate, call 815-910-5982, check out the Olson Construction LLC page on Facebook, or send an email to olsonconstruction19 at gmail.com. Got just a little bit more sports for you. Saturday, September 17th, cross country, the DeKalb boys finished third at the Caneland Invitational. Swimming, Morris was first and LaSalle Peru was second at the LP Pentathlon. Tuesday, September 20th, was the Boys Golf Three Rivers Conference Meet. Riverdale took the win with a 317. Newman was led by Logan Palmer's fifth place finish of 78 for a team score of 321. Princeton had a 334, led by Jaden Eggers' score of 78 as well. Mendota had a 341 behind Drake Dennis's 82. Hall had a 3.43. Landon Plym finished third individually with a 75. Burrow Valley had a 3.47 team score. Wyatt Novotny had an 84. Monmouth Roseville, 3.49. Orion, 3.80. Rock Ridge, 3.93. Kiwanee, 3.98. Emmett Brokaw led the Boilermakers with a 91. Erie Prophetstown had a 408. Morrison did not have a team score as they only had three golfers. In other golf action, Ottawa finished second at the Aurora Marmion Invite. Drake Kaufman finished fourth with a 76 and Jonathan Cooper had a 79. Our next episode, we will break down the regionals for boys and girls golf as the boys took to the greens yesterday, September 28th, and the girls teed off today for regional action. Before a golf meet, after a golf meet, it's always time to get some pizza, right? However, there are pizza joints in almost every village, town, or city we talk about or represent on Edge of Your Seat Podcast. You got the deep dish, the thin crust, the in-between crust, meats, veggies, cheese, the works. Each of them have all the options we're used to, except Ignea Pizzeria Napolitana. The pizzeria located at 215 Jefferson Street in Ottawa is different than the norm. Ignea, meaning fiery in Italian, is exactly what you get as the traditional wood-fired oven Neapolitan pizza is topped with their fresh in-house mozzarella and San Marzano tomatoes. I like saying it San Marzano so you can hear the deliciousness that it tastes. The meats are delicious as well. The veggies fresh, petitely cut. Add in-house lemonade and drinks and other food items unlike other menus, including dessert options, and it's a dining experience unlike any other. We're only speaking about half of the event, known as a night out at an exquisite establishment. Food, but what about the environment? Elegant, 
sleek, refined, fresh, new, full of drip if we're speaking in 2022. Kind of defines Ignea Pizzeria Napolitana, but only you can find the right adjective to fit your experience. Ignea is open Monday, Thursday, and Friday, 4 to 9, Saturday, 12 to 9, Sunday, 12 to 8, and closed on Tuesday and Wednesday. Call 815-324-9229 for carryout, delivery, or to book a reservation. It's time to get to the grab bag. Some things I want to talk about. First, rest in peace to Coolio. Died at 59 yesterday, September 28th. Man, we all pass, we all go. 59 seems a little young, but knowing people that died a lot younger, same with a lot older. Unfortunately, us as human beings, we all got an expiration tag, and you never know when your day is coming. Coolio, Gangster's Paradise, one of my favorite songs growing up. As I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I take a look at myself. We all know that line. We all know most of the song, especially if you were born in the 80s and raised in the 90s. You were the prime age for that song. Rest in peace, Coolio. Never want to see anybody fall. Never. Aaron Judge hit his 61st home run on September 28th, tying Roger Maris for the top of the American League and New York Yankees in terms of home runs in one season. But what about the most of all time? 2001, Barry Bonds hit 73 home runs in a season. McGuire, 70 in 98. Sosa, 66 in 98. That's Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire for those baseball novices. Mark McGuire had 65 in 99. Sosa, 64 in 2001. And Sosa, 63 in 99. Of all time, Judge and Maris, 61 is tied for seventh. But if you looked at all those years, 98, 99, 2001, are a of a little boom we call the steroid era. And when we say boom, we mean everybody was hitting a crazy amount of home runs. Not just Bonds, McGuire, and Sosa. Pretty much anybody in that era that was juicing was smacking them thousands of home runs out of the park. Not just in the bleachers, out of the park. So, is Maris and Judge 61 legitimately the record? And I'm sure Judge is going to hit more as... He did this in game 155 out of 162 games. So he still got seven attempts to get another home run. That's seven games, which is probably, we'll put an average of three. So 21 attempts to hit some more home runs. I feel like the home runs from Bonds, McGuire, and Sosa count. I know, oh, there should be an asterisk or, you know, whatever. If that's the case, then the Major League Baseball powers to be need to make that happen. Have a separate, okay, during this era, this happened. These are not records, but we have to recognize this. We have to establish this. They have to decide what's records and what isn't. They have to decide uh, what's going on in the record books. That's MLB's judgment. Or if they want to bring it back to a federal court case like they did during the time of, you know, the testings of Sosa, McGuire, Bonds, and Roger Clemens, and all the other guys that went to court then do that. But we're over here like, huh, what's the real record? Huh, what should we recognize as this is the best home run hitter of all time? That's kind of hard to do right now. Is Aaron Judge's 61 tied for first with Roger Maris? Or is it tied for seventh? We don't know because there's no deciding factor here. It's kind of like, huh, there's an asterisk. Huh, there's not. Huh, how do we decide? I guess everybody decides on their own. Roger Maris's son is saying, oh, it should be Aaron Judge and my father at the top. And ESPN kept saying, oh, the American League or New York Yankees, because they didn't want to bring up the discussion of the steroids again, because it's been going on for 20, 25 years. But it's a real deal. It's a real conversation that we got to have. I say they all are there. If you want to put an asterisk, okay, or make a different record book, a different wing. I don't know. We had Negro Leagues. And we had separations here. And we had baseball where there was no migration. And they put all that together, right? And there's other things that separated people from, you know, being people or all kinds of different ways that we look at things. Everybody was taking steroids in that era. 
and probably before then. In the 1920s, they were drinking alcohol and smoking cigars as they were playing. Not that that helps you. That probably deteriorated their skills more than it made them better. But they were doing that. Maybe that alcohol gave them a little bounce in the bat that it wouldn't have if they weren't drinking. Who knows? But to say, hey, you took steroids, you're out of the record books. I don't know if that's really fair because MLB kind of allowed it to happen too. Or didn't allow it to happen, but they still played. They still did their thing. I think they stay. I think Aaron Judge and Roger Maris are tied for seventh overall in baseball. But, you know, they're tied at top of the American League and for the New York Yankees. Michael Jordan's last dance, in quotations, jersey from Game 1 of the 1998 Finals sold at an auction. $10.1 million. Woo! That's a lot of money for a jersey. I am by far a Michael Jordan supporter, fan. He's the greatest, the GOAT. I will always say Michael Jordan is my favorite player. I will always say the Chicago Bulls are my favorite team. But man, $10.1 million for a jersey. I could never spend that even if I had it. Let's get into some football stuff. A lot of football stuff because we're in the NFL season starting week four today as the Miami Dolphins and Cincinnati Bengals playing each other. Dolphins 3-0 coming into the season. Huge wins over the Buffalo Bills and the Baltimore Ravens. Sports talk, are they the real deal? Is Tua a top five quarterback? Is he an MVP candidate? I don't think you can say any of these things after week three, whether it was Tua and the Dolphins or Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs or Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. Or anybody else, Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay Packers, anybody else you want to throw in the mix. You can't say that after three games. I really don't think you can. Are the Dolphins playing amazing? Yes. Are they a top five team in the NFL? I think so. They're beating two great teams that everybody had at the top of the AFC coming in. They're playing really, really well and deserve the credit for what they're doing. No doubt about that. But to rank anybody, oh, they're this. Oh, they're that. After three games, you can't. All you can take is the three wins, two over the Bills and the Ravens, and be like, hey, this is a really good team. One of the best right now. Is it going to end that way? Maybe not. Maybe they're better. Who knows? But right now, they're 3-0. One of two undefeated teams. The crazy thing is the other one is the Philadelphia Eagles. Who in their right mind coming into this season would have thought the Miami Dolphins and the Philadelphia Eagles are the two last remaining undefeated teams at 3-0 in the NFL. If it was you, you deserve a pat on the back, go buy a lottery ticket, whatever you got to do, congratulations. The Super Bowl teams from last year, Cincinnati Bengals, Los Angeles Rams, not doing so hot. The Rams 2-1, Bengals 1-2, but neither one of them have looked like Super Bowl teams. Lines, not good. Offense, out of sync. Defense, not playing well. Both teams are experiencing that, and hopefully for them, for their case anyway, they can get stuff switched around. Otherwise, their season is going to be over quick. Mentioned the Bills getting beat by the Dolphins, and the number one thing being talked about is the secondary being destroyed for the Bills right now. Micah Hyde out for the year. Other cornerbacks, safeties out for some time because of injuries. That is tough because that is one of the best spots for the Bills. When you look at that defense, you're like, oh, man, oh, that's tough. Uh Uh-oh, what are we going to do? Well, not now. And Miami exploited that like a smart football team does and beat them. Other teams are going to do that as well. Buffalo Bills may not be the top team in the NFL right now. I thought they would be all season, but you know, injuries, they get the best of you. The NFC North, obviously Chicago Bears country over here. It's looking pretty interesting. Minnesota Vikings, Green Bay Packers, Chicago Bears, all 2-1 right now with the Lions 1-2. and two. Lions are better than they were a year ago. Chicago, I would say, is better. Green Bay, I think, is on the same page where they could get really, really, really good. And Minnesota, I feel, is better than they were last year. I know some are saying that the Minnesota defense is not as good, but, I mean, they've been together to gel. I think they got some interesting pieces Kirk Cousins has looked all right the last couple of years, and he continues to do that right now. So this is going to be really, really interesting. I know everybody thinks Green Bay is going to run away with it, but I don't know. I really don't know. I'm not saying Chicago is going to win at all, or the conference anyway, 
because they did get handed to them by Green Bay like they do every year. I don't want to say it, not saying it, Aaron Rodgers, but it's kind of true. Chicago, until they can get over that hump, and they're just not there yet. But they can make it interesting for playoff pushes, that's for sure. Miles Garrett in a car accident may miss this week's game for the Cleveland Browns. Glad he is okay. Just small injuries, uh, nothing serious, nothing that is going to endanger his season or his career. That is always good to hear. Best wishes for Miles Garrett. Speaking of best wishes and wanting everybody to be okay, prayers to those in Florida that are battling Hurricane Ian. And uh, that's sad to hear. I wish everybody that is fighting and surviving and trying to not be one of those that don't make it, you know, I wish them the best and my prayers and thoughts are with you. And that is where we're going to end Edge of Your Seat podcast. We will be back very, very shortly. Got some great guests lined up. Got some interviews, chats in the vault to get out. And we're coming at you full-fledged Edge of Your Seat podcast. Follow, like, share, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Facebook, Edge of Your Seat Podcast, Twitter, Edge of Your CP, send an email, Edge of Your Seat Podcast at gmail.com. Questions, suggestions, want to be a guest, know somebody that would be a good guest, want to sponsor with Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Well, let's listen to our chat with Christian Soderholm, LaSalle Pru grad, played basketball in Malta. He is now on the mend from a surgery to try to get back to another contract back to professional basketball but this was right after his season as he was getting ready for the surgery and you know enjoying that experience he just had in a foreign country playing the sport that he loves until next time peace we already did the weather talk i feel like this podcast a lot of the intros we're talking about weather because illinois man every day is all seasons or we get too long of too much of something we don't need to talk about weather unless if we're talking about another country and our guest just came back to the states from malta christian soderholm how's it going my friend what's up right now i'm doing pretty good how are you i'm doing all right i'm glad that you're my guest today so we can talk about a lot of stuff but at least good weather because you just left beautiful paradise to come back to uh illinois yeah I mean, obviously, I knew what I was getting into back home growing up here, but it was uh, it was tough to leave. You know, mid mid seventies every day when I was leaving. Man, looking at the weather coming home. Hey, it's all right. Warm weather's just around the corner here. Did you have to wear a jacket at all while you were in Malta? Yeah. So winters it did get a little chillier. Um, I mean, nothing compared to here, but it it pretty much I don't think it ever dropped below fifty. So you know. Cody weather was about as, as cold as it got, which was very nice. The jealousy is seeping out of my pores. <laughs> I was definitely uh, you know, soaking all that in. Being in the sun, being outside as much as I could. Loved that. I bet. Well, Edge of Your Seat Podcast, we're not the weather channel, so we can move on from weather. When did you come back? You are in LaSalle, Illinois, right? Yeah, living in Peru. Basically, same thing. Yeah, I got home about a week and a half ago, which, what, April, end of April, April 26th or something, maybe, 26, 27. But yeah, it was, uh, you know, it was a good run. I was over there for about eight months or so. Definitely really enjoyed my time there. Happy to be home, but really enjoyed the whole experience and everything in the country of Malta. <laughs> <laughs> so kind of probably like mixed emotions. You didn't want to leave because it's beautiful. You're playing basketball, but... You miss your parents, friends, family, things like that. It's kind of that kind of how it was. Yeah, exactly. I mean, home is home, right? And you know, family, friends, everyone, everyone's here. Developed some great relationships with some guys over there, um, guys on the team. Friendships, all you know, I'll continue to have and be able to talk to, and hopefully see these guys again. I'll definitely be back to Malta. Won't be for basketball reasons, but I would. I definitely will be back as far as just the country itself, visiting, going on vacation or, you know, a quick, quick weekend trip maybe or something. Um, but yeah, it's a beautiful country. Would recommend. <laughs> I love that. You're like a quick weekend trip. Around here, it's like, hey, quick weekend trip to Chicago, maybe St. Louis, maybe Memphis. You're like, no, 
I'm gonna go to Malta. Not Malta, Illinois. Like Malta, Malta. Yeah, well, it would be a quick weekend trip from here, right? <laughs> be somewhere else. I mean, it's it's crazy though how many people in you know like mainland Europe who just do that, take a quick weekend trip to Malta for the weekend. I mean, that's a big vacation destination for a lot of those European countries. It's insane how cheap it is to to fly in uh, in Europe. So it, it's not a big uh, money expense. So it's uh, it's easy to do. So there was a little part of there that you said, I'm going to go back to Malta, but not for basketball reasons. So just one year done? As far as Malta and that league, yeah. I don't know where I'll be next season yet. We're going to be somewhere else, um, move our way up, more competitive league, and just kind of keep climbing the ladder. We're hoping by the end of June or you know, sometime around that time I'll I'll have a good idea of where I'll be at and kind of what my options are if I haven't already decided by then. It won't be Malta, but it'll be somewhere else. I know when you're in high school, you're in college, everything's like NBA, NBA, NBA. But there is basketball opportunities elsewhere. Playing in Malta, playing foreign ball for a year, is that something you could see yourself doing for at least a couple seasons? Yeah, I kind of went into this with uh, a mindset almost like a four or five year plan. It's it's funny how I like, because of high school and then college, I always like look back and like remember back at things in like a four year breakup. Because high school, four years long, right? College, four years long. So it's like, I kind of went into this with a mindset of like, okay, like I'll do four years and then, you know, look around, see where I'm at. I told myself as long as I'm, you know, still having fun, still enjoying it. You know, still makes sense. I'm still healthy. I'm going to keep doing it. You know, why not? I can only play this play this game at this level for so long. So might as well uh, take advantage of it while I'm you know, still younger and healthy. So over Malta, we've talked about the weather. We've talked about the food. We've talked about all that stuff. But did you legit have fun playing basketball there? Yeah, it was a totally different kind of experience for me as far as my role on the court. So obviously, you knew me as a high school player and the team we had. You know, we had a lot of talent and we really didn't have, like, one guy who was the guy or, like, you know, a dude putting up 20-plus shots a game or something like that. So I was never in that role where I was like, okay, you got to be the guy. Like, you're putting up all these shots a game. And then even for me in college, you know, I was a solid player at a decent college career, but I was never you know, putting up 20 plus shots a game and stuff like that. You know, I averaged like 12 points in college, right? So even then I wasn't, you know, the guy, but here it was just thrown into a totally different aspect where it's like, okay, you only have two Americans on the court, two guys playing, and they're looking at you like, all right, you got to lead us here. took probably a couple games to kind of get used to that. Not that I didn't think I could do it or I felt uncomfortable doing it. I was just never in the position where I'm like, okay, like if I if I want to take this shot, I'm gonna take this shot. If I want to, I get this look, just take it. So it was different at first. Um, average 12 points in college. I mean, I almost averaged 27 points a game this season. Like it was just totally different, totally different approach to the game. Yeah, when we were talking last time, your numbers were like 26 or 27 points per game, and I think like 12 or 13 rebounds. Is that kind of where you finished off? Yeah, average. Just under 27, um, like 14 and a half boards a game. The rebound side just came with more minutes a game. I think I could have done that in college with more minutes, no. but um, <laughs> uh, I mean, I averaged, I averaged like seven, seven and a half boards a game in college or something. But I mean, it did come from just you know being on the floor more. I'm definitely a lot stronger than I was in college, so it makes it a little bit easier to hold off a guy and then you know, release and go get some, some more boards again. As you've gotten older, as you've, you know, progressed to the different stages of basketball, have you been in the gym more? Have you been, you know, crunching the weights a little bit more because you understand how important it is? Yeah, I look back and I, not that I never took it serious, I just never, I never really fully committed to just, all right, like I need to do this, I need to lock in and like really focus on putting weight on. For me, like, I was still growing so much throughout high school. I don't think it was a bad thing that I didn't really hit it hard then, especially 
especially looking back, I mean, my dad had back surgeries, back problems. My mom had back surgery, back problems. My brother, his freshman year of high school, you know, he had a stress fracture in his vertebrae, and I'm like, I'm not going to follow trends. <laughs> and my sophomore year, when I was growing really fast, I, I started to have some problems. I'm like, I'm just not going to. I'm gonna, I, like I'm gonna really take this seriously. So I almost took a more of like a, I don't, not that I do yoga, but I was just I, I the guys I played with, my teammates in high school. I'm sure you know a lot of them. You know, they used to give me a lot of crap for how much I stretched. I mean, it, it helped me. I've never had back problems. I'm very flexible because of it, and I think that's helped some longevity. I mean, I say longevity. I'm you know just about to turn 24. I'm still not old, but. This game will age you faster than you think. Um, how many miles you, you put on your legs? How many, like, yeah, you're only running up and down the court, but, you know, times, however many times it adds up. But, yeah, I mean, I've really committed the past two years into the weight room, and I've, I mean, my body's totally different than it was even my senior year of college. And kind of, I know we talked about my injury previously, and kind of just having that full year off season where I was just on the shelf, it kind of just gave me that time to really hit it hard and, you know, put some muscle on. And so that was, you know, a blessing in disguise in a sense, because before then I never really, really had a full year. It was basically, okay, basketball season's freaking seven months long at least. And then I have, you know, this brief off season and, Every year of college, I easily lost like 10 pounds during the season, just from the nature of how much I'm putting out and how tough it is to just keep weight on. So yeah, that kind of helps. It's easier now to, you know, this past season, I, I had a lot more free time. It's not like I was having to go to class, having to study and all and do homework and all this. So all that extra free time, you know, I stayed in the weight room, stayed in the gym. So that was nice having just basketball and that literally be my job it was it was nice it was weird it was it was a mental test of how do I use all this free time being not being home it was cool yeah, most people probably don't think about it like that because when we think of sports especially you know around here it's high school then college and you know a couple people will go further so it's really, you know, sports are attached to going to class doing you know other responsibilities besides just sports you've had the opportunity to do just sports i bet you that was weird it may sound silly to a lot of people but it tests you mentally in like ways you don't understand unless you're in it and i've heard like even like talking to my agent throughout the process and i'd see stuff is like you know overseas not just for basketball for anything like it's not made for everyone you have so much downtime outside of basketball and everything because that's literally your job like you can only train so many hours a day and then it's like, okay, what else do I do with myself? A lot of times it's like you and your thoughts. I mean, it's easier now with like, you know, you can just mindlessly watch Netflix or whatever, you know, if you just have free time or whatever. But it, it can be tough for a while, and especially like social media and stuff and just, you know, looking at everyone's like, you know, posts and stories and all these videos from back home. And it's like, how, like damn, how much am I, I'm missing out on? Like, I could be doing this, could be doing that. But... It took, you know, a little bit for me to just really be like, all right, just remove yourself from, like, that. Like, look at where you are. You were over there doing that. I'm like, you're always going to regret the things that you're not doing, right? And so it's like, I, I didn't want to be into my 30s and be like, dang, I could have kept playing. I could have kept doing this. I, sh I should have done that. Like, it's too late now. So I, I don't regret any decisions I'm making. I'm doing. I'm just I'm enjoying the ride. Like I said, well, I'm still healthy, having fun. Why not? Yeah, because um, a lot of people over here, including this guy, talking about jealousy out of the pores. I mean, if I had the opportunity to go play basketball at a professional level in a beautiful country, across the country, I mean, I'm gone. I would have traded spots with you. Let's do it. Yeah. It all sounds great, and it was great. It was phenomenal. It's just there are mental tests to it. And once I got past that, I think being... You know, I was five hours away at school, but I mean, five hours away is five hours, whatever, like a drive. I think that, you know, being away at college did help me prepare. It's not like it wasn't, you know, so I can just 
driving our home. So like I was, I was at ISU or Northern or something. So that did prepare me a bit. But yeah, I mean, it's a whole different ball game when you're over there. But once, once you get, once you get settled in and everything is fine. I was talking to my mom actually a couple of weeks ago about it. I literally like laugh, laugh at myself looking back. Like I remember the first couple of days when I got there and I was getting settled in and I was just like, kind of freaking out a little bit. I'm like, what am I doing? What did I do? <laughs> and then looking back, you know, seven months, eight months later, I'm like, oh man, that guy. That's funny. It's just, and I don't, I don't think it'd be like, it'll be like that ever moving forward, no matter what country, what league I'm in. It's just, it's all part of it, right? Anywhere new is going to be, you know, an adjustment. You got to expect that, right? It's funny looking back and, you know, how little time you can just grow with simple, silly stuff. Definitely. I, I really get what you're talking about, isolation. That's pretty much what it is. I mean, all the people that you've known your entire life, not here. You're in a different area. You're just doing one thing in basketball. And when basketball is, you can't play 24 hours a day. You can't be in the gym 24 hours a day. So I, I get it. And you're just sitting there <laughs> like that. That would be difficult. So all the props to you for being mentally strong enough and having the willpower to get through that. Because I know a lot of people would definitely crack. Yeah, and on top of that, what made it even worse is, like, I wake up in the morning, it's like, oh, I'm not going to hear anyone from anyone for, like, anywhere from, like, seven to ten hours, right? Because I'm seven hours ahead over there, so it's like, I'm going through my whole morning, I'm not hearing anyone until, like, noon at the earliest, maybe, added a whole other element, too. You know, just being able to talk to people back home, you know, love, I mean, that's, technology is just amazing. I couldn't imagine being like my dad's age growing up doing that, right? Like just maybe getting a few letters here and there. Like that just seems insane. Like, I don't know. The mental aspect of that is so, so much worse. Um, so yeah, technology and stuff. But. Yeah, even when you were over there and I was talking to you or however it works, I mean, it's just a button <laughs> and, then we can, and then we can talk. I, I can't imagine that. I think about that all the time with being a sports writer. I can get on the internet. I can find stuff in seconds. Before, they had to go look through books. They had almanacs. They had to, you know, talk to somebody, and hopefully they knew by word of mouth, and that's how it went. I, I could have never done this profession 30 years ago. I don't know how it would have worked. Yeah, literally. I remember, like, going through colleges and studying stuff. I talked to my mom, and I'm like, how did you have to use the right papers? You have to research in books and look up. I'm like, oh, like doing research papers in college in like the 80s. Oh my gosh. Can't imagine it. No, not at all. Not at all. Did want to get back to what we were talking about earlier when you're talking about your game and change and you kind of become the guy where before you were a role player or even a role player, but a piece of a puzzle instead of like the main piece, the final piece. Which did you kind of like better? I mean, obviously, basketball is a team sport. We grow up thinking that, knowing that, respecting that. But there is also the star part of basketball because there is that guy that scores 30 points, grabs 15 rebounds, things like that. I mean, there's both sides to it. Which did you kind of like better? Or are you glad that you've had a chance to be in both roles? Each side has its benefits, right? Like, Putting up crazy numbers and having cool, like great stats. I mean, obviously, who wouldn't want that? Who wouldn't be like, oh yeah, this looks sweet. Moving forward, you know, the better the leagues I get into, right? I'm not gonna have these inflated numbers like this. And it's actually crazy. Like, like we're just so used to the NBA, right? And all these, you know, these dudes like you know, see guys averaging in the 30 points, and like we don't bat an eye. We're like, oh, this is sweet. But it's like, okay, this is. You know, we're used to this by now. You look in, like, the top divisions in Europe or whatever, a top division in league, there's not a single guy averaging more than 20 points a game. It's just a totally different game. The lower leagues and, like, middle leagues and, like, you know, where I was at, you know, yeah, it's more common to see guys, you know, averaging high, but the higher you get, the less you're going to average. It's just, it's just what happens with the NBA. The biggest thing, I don't know, a couple, maybe a month or two ago, there's a video that went out. Um, it was Luka Doncic. He uh, talking about. It. He's like, oh, like, how, is he either scoring the NBA? Or, or like, he's like, oh, easily NBA, just because there's there's rules that you know, defensive three seconds, you got to get out of the paint. 
in the Euro League and over there you can you, know, you can just sit in the middle of the lane as long as you want. That's just those small little things. It just it changes the game so much. But sorry, back to your original question. Um, I'd like I'd love to be somewhere in the middle. You know, you know, to step up when I need to. It's just kind of like I feel like what I had uh, did before. You know, just a steady guy like you. I I feel like you know what you're gonna get with me. And you know, you throw me in there like you know, like the the bare minimum you're gonna get with me. And I feel like there's you know there's it's always gonna be higher. You know, I'm gonna get you probably a double double. You know, I could get 20 plus points then. So I like being right in the middle, I guess. You know, you, you get all the the praise and whatever, being the guy putting up all the points. But also, things aren't going bad. You're the first one they look at, right? But yeah, I like being you know that middle, like between a role and the guy. I feel like being the guy, you gotta be be animated and all these things. I'm just not that kind of person on the court, right? Like. My, my mentality for everything is just, like, act like you've been there. And so it's very rarely you'll really, like, see me show emotion on the court. And if I do, it's 99% of the time going to be for one of my teammates, like, getting hyped for him. Something they did, they get an and one, I'm shouting for them. I get an and one, I'm not, I'm not shouting for myself. Like, I expect that for myself. Just like that, act like you've been there mentality. So, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question straight away, but, yeah. It sure did. It also got me thinking about Tim Duncan. You sounded like Tim Duncan. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah, what you, were, what you were talking about, I mean, just being the go-to guy and, you know, being animated and stuff like that. Tim Duncan was the total opposite of that. He was the go-to guy. Top, I mean, I, he's in my top five of all time. And never really showed any emotion at all. And that's why the people hated the Spurs, because they were boring and stuff like that. But they won games and were the most fun to leave mentally sound ever <laughs> yeah yeah I guess it makes sense I mean it's been hard for me forever and I but instilled in me and I believe it it's just like I always just go back to fundamentals I was, I was just talking to Scott Olson the other day you know, he dropped in I was just getting a workout in at the Y just talking to me. he's like all these kids and all these moves they're trying to do and he's like this misdirection stuff and I'm like like yeah I, I mean I, I make some th- new things here and there when I I see something, I'm like, yeah, I, I, like that's going to be very beneficial for me. But it, for me, it always comes back to, you know, hammering fundamentals. And with uh, social media and everything, all these kids growing up, they see all these you know, crazy moves and all these things and training crap that people put out. I'm just like, oh, my gosh, some of this stuff just is, will never translate to a game. It's like, <laughs> start with your, your simple dribble moves, dude. I would agree. Now you're sounding like the 24-year-old old guy. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm not old. I know I'm not old by any means. But comparably to a lot of people, it's like I all feel really old when, you know, I'll have these kids who are almost graduated high school coming up to me and be like, oh, I used to watch you when I was in grade school and this and that. I loved going to your game. I'm like... What? How old are you now? How old am I? <laughs> it's crazy full circle. Yeah, because I mean, senior year, you're 17, 18. 18 for you is six years ago. So in yeah. six years, I know people go from 10 to 16. <laughs> like, that's, it's crazy how quick it works. I know. It's, it's wild. It's been, like, even throughout high school, like, I, my lifeguard at the South Pool. And so, like, I'll, I'll recognize a lot of these kids just because they would always come to the pool, you know, when they're in grade school. And I see them now, I'm like, holy cow. I'm, but, like, I, that makes sense. I'm like, that was eight years ago. <laughs> that makes sense. But it's just bizarre. I'm like, yep, that's how time works. <laughs> yeah, I got uh, two nieces are graduating eighth grade in the next couple weeks. And I'm like, how? How is this even possible? Yeah, it's, it's, it's incredible. It's nuts. It is nuts. So before I let you go, I mean, so what's the plans over the summer? Are you just going to continue training, see some feelers, what's going on with another league, or the next step in your basketball career? What's kind of the plan for right now? I'm actually chopping up my own film. In the next, hopefully next week, we'll have a little highlight tape put out together. Just to have, you know, it's nice to have that in the back pocket when you know, teams come knocking and Obviously, that's what they go and look at. What am I working with here? Getting back to it, training this summer. I actually developed a, the unfortunate side, but like I developed some like nerve damage in my feet this year. Um, 
called Morton's Neuroma, but we're going to have that fixed here you know, probably within a month. Getting little shots in the feet. We'll be all right. We'll be back to it. I mean, it's nothing that's like preventing me from doing anything right now. It's just a pain tolerance thing, but that'll be subsided here soon. But yeah, just training, staying on the court, staying in the gym. Let's start working out with the guy out of the Quad Cities who works with a lot of big time college guys and some you know professionals and stuff. I know he works with uh, Joe Wieskamp's his name, dude, played for Iowa. Heard good things about him, um, so I'm excited to get started. I think we're going to start training next week. Yeah, I mean, just anything I can do to keep building on my game, get better, keep taking to the next level, staying young. <laughs> but, yeah, we'll be home till, uh end of the summer, uh, end of the summer, probably September-ish. And then, uh, like I said, hopefully by the end of June, we get a good idea where we'll be at next season. Perfect. Once you do figure it out, you're going to let your buddy over at Edge of Your Seat Podcast know, right? <laughs> Definitely. I'll let you know. We'll have to catch up. After that, just kind of see where where I'll be at, what it's looking like for next season. I'm happy for you. I'm glad you had a good time in Malta. Glad you got that experience. Knowing that the games are different, I couldn't even imagine playing over there with because you're grilled with the rules here. High school, college, you're following NBA, college ball. We know the rules. We know how many seconds, where you can be, where you can't be. And then when it all flips, I couldn't even imagine that, <laughs> especially after how long. I mean, I'm 36. I've been paying attention to basketball since I was like five. So 31 years of one style or, you know, modified and then going to that. I couldn't even imagine it. So for you to do it, have a good time, play a year and want to keep doing that, that's awesome, man. And I can't wait to hear where you're going next and what you're doing. I appreciate it. Wouldn't uh, wouldn't change it. Wouldn't change it for the world. Enjoying it, having fun. Appreciate you. For sure, man. Well, thank you, as always, my friend, joining Edge of Your Seat Podcast and having a word with us. I always appreciate you. Thanks, Brian. I really enjoyed it.